How's it going, everyone? My name is Carlo, and we're back at it at Smashcast. I got a very special guest with me today, Chaz Trailer, aka Chazzy Cade. <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> what up, bro? Chaz is a hip hop artist here in Las Vegas, Nevada, originally from Karen Crow, Louisiana. Exit four. <laughs> Exit four. Exit four on nineteen. There you go, Chaz. Tell us about yourself, man. Well, guys, uh, number one, my name is Chaz. I go by Chazzy K. Um, I'm a hip-hop artist here from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. No, I don't like this, Carlo. Now I really got to think. This is different. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> this calls for thinking. Of course. Let's see. When you actually have to describe yourself, that's always the hardest thing for me to do. All right, start with this. Chazzy Cade. No, I got to think about how to describe myself. Oh, how do you, yeah. I was doing these things uh, a while back. They were like, um, uh, basically we shot like videos and I was doing like motivational speaking behind mm -hmm. it. And I had a slew of them. And they were just about like, you know, what motivates you, mm -hmm. what pushes you, what drives you, a bunch of shit. Mm -hmm. When it came to the point to where it was like, describe the shit about yourself, mm -hmm. I was just like sitting in my room like, bro, when I was making like all my music pages, it was like, all right, biography. And I'm just sitting there looking at the computer like, huh? Huh? <laughs> but I don't know, man. Um, I guess I'm a very chill, laid back person. I like music and sports. Um... I like nice looking women too, mm. but I try not to let them tempt me. I try to stay in a. To be tempting, man. Not nah, yeah, I mean temptation is a. Temptation to slow you down. Or motivate you, or inspire you. Okay, when you say it like that, that's true. You don't think you don't think a female in your life inspires you? Nah, very much so. But a female. <laughs> <laughs> A female, you feel me? Whenever you go from A to plural, you done blew it already. No, no. I, I don't know. I, I can't understand when people do that. Bro, the temptation. Do <laughs> you feel me? It ain't like, bro, I don't know. That shit is weird. It's not like you give a fuck per se mm -hmm. about the temptation. The temptation is all the physical. Like, it ain't never like, oh my gosh, I'm so tempted by her personality. Like, oh, I'm so tempted by. The way she says my name, nah, and it's like, damn, her ass fat. Mm -hmm. Her titties is nice. Like, so you tempted by that, and that's not good. That's not good. I mean, it's good to think. It's good to look. It's good to, to uh, arouse the inner self. But unless you act, then that's something different. Not good to chase. Not Well, let me not say that. Chase with no strategy. It's like if you hunting an animal and like you don't really know how to capture this animal. Mm. You just out with a shotgun looking for this animal. Mm -hmm. You probably end up dead in the woods somewhere and nobody gonna find you. I guess that's right. So I guess was that that's with everything though, right? You hell get, yeah. Mm -hmm. You gotta you gotta have uh, strategic planning to your actions, I guess, right? Yeah, bro. Um that's something that uh the guys and I preach a lot is just like, and they actually preach it into me. Honestly, bro, I'm very like, I'm so 
laid back with a nonchalant attitude that like, I don't know. I kind of know what I'm good at. Mm -hmm. And I, I sharpen that, you know, every day. I know what I need to be around to sharpen that. But, like, that's all I really focus on. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't focus on, I guess, like, the the technical side of life. Like, the, the real life side of life, so to speak. So, basically, for me, it's just, like, I focus on music, like, all day, every day. Like, I listen to music. I'm hearing the words in my head, like, all the time. I'm trying to figure out how to make shit rhyme, how to make shit go together, how to make shit sound like something that people like all day. When it come to, like, all right, organize your schedule, it's like, ah. Uh, Life. That's just stuff. Right. You mm -hmm. feel me? It's like, that's just stuff I don't beat, bro. This morning, it was last night, bro. Dakota's like, what time are you going to Carlos in the morning? I was like, oh, shit. Completely spaced. Like, that's just, bro. It be days like this morning. What time do you have to work? Like, I had to make sure I didn't have to work this morning mm -hmm. because I don't, I just don't be worried about none of that shit. That's mm -hmm. why I'm always at work two or three minutes late just because it's like, um, not pushing myself to be over there. Mm -hmm. But my guys always talk about being organized, writing shit down in the schedule, writing out your plan like every day, seeing it visually, following through with it. But it's like, I don't know. I just be feeling like doing all that. I'm a thinker. I know my plan. Mm -hmm. But I have started writing it, though. And I ain't going to tell them this today, face, but it does work. <laughs> it do work. I have seen. So what, like what, who are these guys? So, cause you, you have a, you have a squad. I see you guys, you roll with a squad. Like what, who, who are they? Like, how'd you meet them? What do they do in your life? Well, um, outside of me being from Louisiana, I moved out here to Vegas when I was nine. And so basically everybody you see me run with are the cats that I made friends with when I was like in fifth and sixth grade when I moved out here. Um, I seen, uh, Seem the Dream, a.k.a. El Sueño, is a photographer and videographer. And we grew up playing basketball together. Yay high, sleeping over at each other's houses. Moms know each other like kids. We know each other as moms, as our mom, like all of us. And this this will be for everybody that follows. There's also Sion, who's Seem's cousin, who's also a photographer and videographer. Seem focuses more, oh shit. Focuses more on um, photography. Mm -hmm. See, I'm more videography, but they are both uh, very capable of both. Um, and then Taj. Taj is sort of like a, well, not even sort of like Taj is actually an artist representative for me. Um, and Taj has been like one of my best friends, one of the first people I met when I moved out here. And those are just relationships that we kept strong, mm -hmm. kept knit tight. Um, those are like the, Three that on a daily basis, I see, you know, I tap in with on a daily basis. The fourth is Jared. Jared, uh, I actually knew of Jared when I was younger here, but I didn't meet Jared until I recently came back two years ago. Um, but that was just him being a friend to Seam. And like I said, I knew of him. And one day uh, when Seam came over, he came by and me and Jared just clicked Uh Jared is an um an out of the box thinker to say the least. He's a flat earther. Um and not only will he tell you that, he is coming with like facts to back it all up. So like if you're a glober, don't just say that shit around him and not have no facts as to why you think it's a globe. And he's not trying to push it on you and say that like he didn't been out there and seen it and he know. 
but he believe in his facts type shit. And I enjoyed that. You know what I'm saying? I, I, cause I believe in the shit I say. And so somebody that stands that firm in what they believe in, regardless of what you, whether you know it or not to believe it that strongly and back it up is, is, is impressive. So that's another one of my guys. He lives out in a, LA though he's from here he went to Canyon Springs but he now lives in LA um so we don't see each other on the daily but we FaceTime almost every day and tap in actually Jared writes a lot of my music and he don't even know it just like based off the well all of my guys do based off the conversations we have it's just basically mm. what I write down you know what I'm saying but Jared's is really like because Jared's conversations are always more than just a um a skin deep conversation Jared is always asking questions and and, and rousing the brain so those are basically my four immediate guys. And then obviously, you know, I have my friends, JT. I was just at his uh, baby shower yesterday. That's my guy, man. You know, JT. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really been like that. He's just, you know, he's not really into the hip hop scene, per se. So that's why he's not uh, all the way involved with this. But that is my guy. Mm -hmm. That is my So my you say, um, you would say that you definitely keep your, your knit small and strong, though, yeah? Yeah. Um, I do believe strength in numbers, um, but those numbers can't just be numbers just to be numbers. They have to be uh, strong numbers. So uh, as of right now, um, those are, uh, oh my God, I almost forgot. And my engineer now, uh, Gas, the Dr. Dre of Vegas, Tyler Gaston. He actually uh, played football up at UNLV. Um, I don't know his credentials all the way. And he's told them to me before, but like I told you, I'll be spaced out. But, uh, nah, bro, gas is, and I don't want to shit on nobody, but so I ain't going to say he, you know, the best, but he top three and he ain't two or three. Hmm. Do you feel me? Like all around engineer, produce, and most of all, what most people in the music industry fail to become an expert in the business side of it because that is the most important side of it and he is far ahead of his time in the business side of it and me and gas chop it up we have conversations it's times where i'll go in the studio have a four-hour session record one 16 verse that took me 30 seconds to complete and the entire four hours we were just sitting there talking about who knows what but i, I love picking his brain he loves to pick my brain and we we really balance each other very well. Uh, we are like a this day and age is current uh, hip hop's Shaq and Kobe. Nice, especially because he way bigger than me. So, <laughs> and I Mamba mentality, you know, that's me. Okay, so you said you you moved to Vegas at nine, mm -hmm. and then but you moved away and then came back. Yeah, Ex explain that. I uh I came out here. Uh, moved out here when I was nine years old. And crazy enough, bro, um, I was just moving out here and um, not necessarily like where I actually lived at was affected heavily. Actually, a lot of people from New Orleans, Baton Rouge, where it affected heavily, moved to my area, moved west. But uh, bro, I left Louisiana and came here two days before Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. Wow. Two days, bro. I bullshit you. Two days. Like I moved out here like the 27th of August in 05 and like the 29th of August, Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. Wow. And so it was like, and that was when I originally, at that time, I was living in Georgia. Mm. I was only 
in Louisiana visiting my dad and my grandparents and my family that stayed in Louisiana for the summertime. That's what I would do every summer as a kid after my mom and dad split. So that summer, my mom had just, just, just came to Louisiana and got me and my brothers. And we flew out here. Two days later, Katrina hit. I was out here from nine to when I was 14. So I stayed here from fifth grade until after freshman year. Mm -hmm. Um, Me growing up, uh, it just being my mom and like my grandma, um, me being the eldest of my two brothers um, and not balancing everything like I should have, not prioritizing my life like I should have. um, I left to go live with my dad. I just knew I needed like male guidance in my life at that time. You feel me? And so that's when I went back to Louisiana uh, after freshman year. And I was there from that time. That was like 08, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, the summer of 08. Yes, it was because that was when the Carter 3 came out. Me and my dad used to listen to that shit every single day. The Carter 3 came out. Yep, 08. So that was the summer of 08 that I uh, moved back to Louisiana. And I was out there until two years ago, March 1st of 2017. I came back out here to Vegas. And uh, I just did that because um, I felt I had gotten what Louisiana had to offer me at that time or in that time, and it was time for me to move on. And this was just uh, easy, to say the least. I had family here. I had support here, so it wasn't like I was moving somewhere um, on my own. So that's how that story sort of went. Man, um, so it's like half of your life here in Vegas was your younger years, and then half of your life is basically like becoming an adult, right? And then now, <clears throat> do you think your your music career has skyrocketed or maybe moved faster since you came back? Uh, or bro, what, I or? didn't I didn't have a music career when I was in Louisiana. Um, I got in a rapping a couple years before I came back so let's see maybe like two years before I came back I just kind of got introduced to it um I didn't grow up heavy listening to hip-hop I wasn't like a hip-hop kid Mm -hmm. hip-hop head growing up that wasn't me like I listened to a lot of gospel music and R&B music and like I wasn't into like the hip-hop life you feel me like I played sports so I watched sports center as a kid I didn't really watch 106 in Park and MTV and all that shit and VH1 like everybody else did. That wasn't me. I, if you want to ask me about Iverson, Kobe, McGrady, all those and cat stats from back at that time, I can do that. So when I first got introduced into hip-hop, um, I hung out with a bunch of guys back in Louisiana. Uh, YB, shout out my guys, you boys. You boys is just basically a Karen slang term for your boys. But, yeah, you know, you got to be away from to understand how we talk. So, yeah. Um, but uh, we had a, a a friend named Clyde, and he'd been rapping since we were in middle school. And Clyde was nice. Uh, or not middle school. Well, yeah, probably middle school. But I met Clyde in high school when I went back to Louisiana. Um, and at that time, uh, bro, Clyde had a little song called From the Bottom of the Boot, bro. And we were like 15, and that little shit used to go crazy, bro. We used to bump that little shit. And... Uh, then like a couple years later, like our freshman year of college, you know, Clyde always had his equipment with him. He was, you know, he was kind of getting into it really. So he would travel with his equipment a little bit. And sometimes he would bring it by the guy's apartment and we get on the microphone, we bullshit, but nobody was ever really like taking it seriously other than him at that time. Mm -hmm. And then we all one day decided to really record a song. It was like, all right, we always doing this shit. We always bullshit. And it's like eight of us in here. Like everybody just write eight lines down. You feel me? Mm -hmm. And we wrote a song, bro, and it was called Get Some. Uh, 
I don't remember exactly how the hook went. It was very sim simple. I know, like, it was just a repetitive get some, but I know it was something before that. But, bro, like, in that little song, I wrote eight bars, and they weren't crazy, but they were good. Mm. They were good. Like, this was, like, when I first started writing this, like, four or five years ago. It was like, okay. And even when I was a kid, bro, whenever I would listen to, like, instrumentals or hear, like, music, I would always feel like I could put words to them. Mm. But at the time, it was just, like, what we knew is hip-hop, which was, like, Lil Wayne, T.I., 50 Cent, The Game. Those were the cats that were, like, mainstream at the time. And even, like, a lot of underground cats. Everybody was on that. I'm from the slums in the hood, and I walk around with AK all day, blow your brains away. And it was like, I don't do that, so I guess I can't <laughs> rap. You feel me? So that was why, I guess, one reason why I never took interest in it as a kid. But when we did that song, that song was more so about, like, a club scene. You know, we was in the club talking about women, blah, 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 getting drunk, this and that. So I found interest in that, and that was pretty cool. Then, bro... We did another song. And this time it was just four of us. And there was a song that came out uh, a couple years ago called Chirac. And to be honest with you, bro, so many people did covers to that song. I don't even remember who the original artist was for the song. Hmm. Like I don't even remember the original crew. I want to say it was The Game, but I think The Game did it on a diss track. He was diss, if I remember correctly. I don't remember. But we did a cover to that song as well. It was like four of us. It was me, uh, Clyde, my guy Koyo, and then our friend Calvin. And I ate that shit. <laughs> like breakfast, lunch, dinner. I ate that shit, bro. It was like the rhyme scheme, the wordplay. Bro, I did a little thing where like I went like from A to G, like saying the letters within words, and one to 10, saying the numbers. And then I brought it all back at the end and let you know that that was exactly what I just did. Nice. Like, and this been so long. I'd have to hear the lyrics, <clears throat> um, but it was nice. And I got a lot, a lot of good feedback on it. Like, bro, everybody that was commenting on it, they was like, damn, this went hard. But that first nigga, though, he was really in his bag, you feel me? And I was like, that was the, the most common, 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 common. And I was like, okay. Well, all right, then this mm -hmm. might be a thing. But I still didn't even like fully because I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was to like be a hip hop artist. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was to push and promote yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? As an individual, everything I've done my entire life, if I give you a quick backstory, has been team oriented. So I was a basketball player as a kid. And at my freshman year, when I was like 5'2, it was like, well, you're probably not going. Get to that 6'3", you're looking for. So the league is probably not that promising. Then, because of grades and whatever else, didn't make the team freshman year. So it was like, well, if you can't play basketball as a freshman in high school, then you probably not going to the league. Now, ask anybody right now, I will still bust your ass one-on-one. -on -one. Like, do not get that shit what I just said <laughs> misconstrued. That was my 14-year-old mentality. That was me not having enough heart. Don't get that shit. I will bust your ass. You feel me? But after I put the ball down, I went back to band mm -hmm. because I've always been a musician since I was yay high. I've known I played a drum set since I was two years old. I could sit on a drum set and I couldn't hit the foot pedal because I was too short. So my dad would hit the foot pedal or whoever was playing the drum set at the church at the time with the foot pedal. But I could in the sticks. I had everything there. I didn't need you for that. 
You feel me? By the time I was four and could reach the foot pedal, I could play a full-on drum set with any ensemble you wanted me to. Wow. So that is like my God-given ability nice. is being a drummer. But I don't want to say I mastered that, but I like to challenge myself. Mm-hmm. So, and I even remember, bro, and it's crazy how like people, um, people are wired. Like when I was a kid, bro, and um, I was going in the band, everybody was like, uh, don't be a drummer because it's hard to be a drummer. It's like, you know, there's only one drummer in a band and you know what I'm saying? Blah, 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 blah. Bro, in every single band I was in, I was always the best without the shot of a doubt. Like with no questions, there was never any stipulation or that's not even where I'm looking for, but I don't even want There was nothing. It was me. Mm-hmm. Like, and so drumming was something that was just like, okay, boom, that was done. But everything I'd done was team oriented. So when it came to rapping, it was like, all right, now it's time to push you and only you. This is about you and only you. And I hadn't even really known what the life was, let alone knowing how to basically be an entrepreneur and push myself. Something I never thought about, something I never really did. So I was still just doing a lot of writing back at that time. It was just write, 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 find instrumentals, struggle to find instrumentals, don't really know how to go about connecting with producers and engineers and this, that, and the third. But it was people that always knew of my ability that would come around and they'd be like, man, get in the studio, come with us to the studio. And I would always be like, ah, I don't know, maybe I might, blah, blah, blah. Then there was a cat named Dion that I met uh, through a friend that I was working with at the time, uh, back when I was like 21 years old. And he brought me to a studio one day. He was a real, uh, very passionate dude. I don't know where he's at in life right now. Whether he got skilled or not, if he stay as passionate as he is, he gonna get somewhere. Like he was one of those, he knew how to push and promote himself. Hmm. He was all about himself. And so being around him, I was able to see like, okay, so this is how, and he wasn't even really anywhere at the time. He was making some moves. He was, but he knew what he was, he was all about him. Hmm. So when I went with him to the studio, like we went in there, we laid down the track. It was me, him, uh, another cat named G, uh, that I only saw like that one night, maybe once after that, I've never seen or heard from him again, but it was like us three. And again, we did the track and hands down, like I was the best verse on there, like, and that's not the shit on anybody. It's just like I was always like, and when I rap on with somebody, I'm trying to be the best. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm I'm really thinking about these lines. You feel me? I'm piecing these together like a puzzle, very slowly. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm making sure this is gonna. So whatever you come with, you are gonna really have to come with it to top what I'm coming with when I'm on track with some people. So at that time, I got cool with that engineer. So I got his number. I started connecting with him, and even though I had that resource, that connection. I still wasn't using it like, oh, I'm trying to be a hip-hop artist. It was just like, uh, I'll hit him up here and there. Uh, his name was Q. It was like, I'll hit Q up here and there, we'll go in the studio, record a track. Q would always like, man, be like, man, what you doing? Like, you're not trying to do nothing with it? Like, what's going on? Um, and at the time, I just still didn't know how. You feel me? And like, I was, I was making music. I knew the music was good. I knew the words were words that people needed to hear, but it was still like, I don't know how to promote this. You feel me? Especially in a, 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 a world that's become so saturated. There's so much music in hip hop now or in the world period. That is just like, you got to find a way to be 
or stand out. I don't even know the word I was looking for, but you got to find a way to stand out. You have to, or you'll just get lost in the saturation quickly, like drown. You'll be making music up on deaf ears. And that's what I didn't want to do. So that's what I was trying to figure out how to avoid before I even started making the music. Um, when I moved back to Vegas two years ago, I got with all the guys I just mentioned to you earlier. And shit just flipped. Like the energy that they moved with, walked with, the plans for themselves they already had, the structure for what they were doing they already had. And it wasn't even structure. Mm. It was just they knew what they wanted and they were working towards it. Mm -hmm. We still weren't at the time where we were at the plan, knowing to write down your plan. They weren't even there yet. But Seam, Sion, those cats really like, every day, bro, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Like, what you doing? Let's let's make this happen. And it was when Sion first heard um, a track I did called My Open Exhibit. I had did that track uh, with Q back in Louisiana. And when I moved back out here one night, Seema Sian had pulled up at the crib. We were smoking. We played the song for Sian. He was like, bro, let me shoot a video for this. He was like, I'm not going to charge you for it, nothing. Like, and at the time, I didn't even really know Sion like that. Like, Sion is sort of like Jared. I knew of Sion when we were kids, but Sion didn't go to school with us when we were kids. I just knew him as Seema's cousin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he when, when he said that, it was like, we weren't, like, if Seema would have said that, Seema was my guy. That's like one of my best friends. So that would have been, okay, boom. That's your boy doing you a favor. But when Sion was like, bro, I don't even want to charge you for it. Like, just let me shoot this video. This song is that hard. I was like, all right. right." I never shot a music video before. Never been in front of a camera before. So that was another thing that was extremely crazy for me. Something I never thought about in the hip-hop world. And just yesterday, bro, we shot a little video yesterday. We were up in the the penthouse for JT's Baby Shower. So we took total capitalization of that and used that to shoot a little uh, one-take video in there. And Seam shot it. We were downstairs playing it for Will, one of our other good friends. And he was looking at it and he was like, damn, Chaz, now that I look at this, I can look at you and say, you used to suck. <laughs> he was like, but you're so good now that I can say you used to suck in front of the camera. And it was like, I just looked at him and laughed. I'm like, bro, I feel you. I know exactly what you're talking about. When you get in front of that camera, if you ain't never been in front of it before, Bro, I'm t- I don't know, G. Watching Seam and Sion with the camera, when you just watch them and like, you know, say me and Sion shot a video in Malibu, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're we're out here, we're on uh Huntington Beach, I think we were at. Um, and so you know there's people on the dock, there's people on the beaches, there's people That's in the right. waters. And as we're walking around, bro, if that camera comes up and somebody recognizes that it's on them, you have to see how fast their whole body language just shifts. Mm. It's like, oh shit, I'm on camera. Like, so for me. It was like that in the beginning. Like that was something that I wasn't used to. But we shot that video. It got really good feedback. Right after we shot that video, I went and visited back home. And people back home like, oh my God, you're a celebrity. You're a star, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, y'all capped. But I see what y'all mean though. Mm-hmm. Because from a small place, it's like, oh, he left and actually started doing something with himself. Mm-hmm. Or at least trying something. You feel me? So it's like, it's, it's a little glimpse of hope. You feel me? saying? So with that, that sort of like gave me another push right to really do it then i went through some shit and it was like yeah i don't know it was like i was so confused at the time this was like a couple months after i came back so this is maybe uh august of 2017 and it was like i I just had so much going on i was so confused so conflicted i had a plan when i came back here plan wasn't really going accordingly 
So I was just, my, my head space was everywhere. Um, and more so everywhere in dark places. So it was like at that time, I really didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. And it was like, yeah, right now, I, I don't even want to focus on trying to be a hip-hop artist because I, I can't think. You feel me? Like, writer's block was a real thing. And this is, I had been writing for like two, three years without even recording songs. So I knew I could write. You feel me? But at this time, there's no words coming to me. You feel me? So I was like, I'm done with this. And bro, one day, uh, this is maybe like around my birthday. So this is like September of uh, 2017. I'm out in my backyard and I'm talking with Seem. And uh, he was basically, Seem uh, being a photographer at Dre's, he met a lot of artists. Um, one of the artists or groups he got closest to, one of the camps he got closest to was Ray Shrummer's. And so it was at one point uh, over that summer where he actually did like a little mini uh, tour with them. Like they flew him out to LA, then they were out in like Miami, then they were out in like Jamaica or something like that, the Bahamas somewhere. Um, he was basically like shooting for him, uh, pictures, videography, uh, things like that. But he was around a real or an established, let me not say real, but an established hip hop camp. And we're sitting in my backyard, bro. And he's like, Chaz, you tripping. And he's like, everything that you do on a day-to-day basis, that's all they do. People just know of them now. Mm-hmm. You feel me? But like the same way you sit and look for instrumentals all day and you know, you chill with your guys, and when you fall in the zone where you know you're feeling some words, you write them down. You know what I'm saying? He was like, whenever you in the studio or you with your guys and we start drinking and freestyling, that's all they do. Sometimes somebody will record it, they'll hear something they like in it, go back and use it. Mm. And he was like, you know, they're not doing anything crazy, and I don't find that their artistry is any different from yours as far as a standpoint of, like, you can be on that level if you want to be. So we had that talk. I heard what he said. And at the time, obviously, bro, like I said, I've been a musician my entire life. So I know, like, my life is to be revolved around music. It's just how I use it. And so I realized at the time that um, I had kind of got away from the style of artist that I was, which was like... uh, yeah, I can have fun on a record for sure. But the reason I make music is because I feel like I have a lot of uh, positive things to say, a lot of uh, helpful things to say, a lot of words that need to be heard. And I kind of gotten away from that. Not to say that I was rapping like blatantly ignorant or anything like that, but I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do lyrically for who I said I was going to do it for. Mm-hmm. So I felt like that's where my block was coming from. Um And then I finally moved past all the situations I had. I finally cleared things out in my brain. And towards the end of 2017 is when I was like, yep, this is it. We diving. Whether we drown, swim, float for a minute, just sitting in the water, not going nowhere, it don't matter, but we diving. Off the diving board we go. And even then, it was like at that time I was writing. I, I had my own setup at the crib. I was recording every day. I, I at this time now I was, I was uh, watching the progression. You know, what I, mean? I was watching myself get better. I was watching myself grow as an artist, and I was enjoying it. You know what I'm saying? And so all of last year was really just like a lot of growth for me as an artist and understanding what an hip hop artist is, what you have to do to be successful in this business. And of that, that is what I found the most. That is just like, 
make great music, understand business. And that is what a hip hop artist is. That, that are the, those are the people. And if the hip hop artists themselves don't understand the business, then the people they have around them understand the business, i.e. Chance the Rapper and Pat. You feel me? Mm. Pat understand. Not to say the Chance doesn't understand the business, because I am more than sure Chance understands the business to the T. Could do this shit by himself probably. But Pat understands the business as well. You feel me? So that's why they are able to be successful. And when I figured that out, like I said, the talent was nothing for the last five years that I ever questioned. But in the last year, when I finally figured out how to move like a hip hop artist and a businessman, is when it was like, all right, we're now in a full go. And now we're using this year to blast off. Like by the end of the year, uh, I'm a firm believer that our entire camp will be like in an entirely different place. And it's going to be crazy because it's going to be different. But like I am, I don't know. I'm just like completely, completely sure of that because we understand business. And so I feel like we'll do the proper things and get where we're supposed to go because of that. It's exciting, man. Very. That's super exciting. <clears throat> I feel like when once you make like a, a, a decision like that, it's like it's like locked in. You know, it's like a, it's like a, a clip that's in the, in a mag and a gun. And it's just like clocked and loaded. And you're just ready to go. It's. <clears throat> Bro, for me, and you'll hear it a lot in my music, because I say it a lot. For me, life is a game. Like, I, even though people are like, ah, oh, you treat life like a game. But nah, life is a game. Mm-hmm. Like, a game of whatever you want it to be. But life is just like a game of chess, football, uh, anything. You have to strategize. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to think three moves ahead, four moves ahead, ten moves ahead. You have to. So now, bro, I'm just looking at hip-hop like a game. Mm-hmm. And like right now, or like Tekken. Right now, I'm on the first level of Tekken. You feel me? And I got to get to Yoshimori or whatever my guy name is at the end. But on in between there, I'm going to have to face Law. I'm going to have to face Paul. I'm going to have to fight the little Jaguar dude. I'm going to have to fight the little Yoshimitsu character with the with the, with the the swords. You got to beat every last one. It's like 13, 14 of these cats you got to beat before you get to the master. Mm-hmm. And so basically what that means is in hip-hop is that like there's levels to this shit. I don't remember who said that song or said those words, but that, that's big facts. There's levels to this shit. And that's not just in hip-hop. That's in absolutely anything that, like you said, you put that clip in and once you lock it in, okay, well, now it's levels to this and you start at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Unless you Donald Trump Jr. and you got it like that. Other than that, you at the bottom, G. You mm-hmm. feel me? And when you start at the bottom, you got to take levels. Level one, level two, level three. And so that's just how I look at it, bro. And it's like I don't – that takes stress off of me. It's just like, don't stress about if, you know, you're only getting 20 plays or 50 plays right now. That's just level one. Mm -hmm. And the same way when you used to play Tekken and you used to figure out how to beat the first cat and then the second cat would get a little harder. That's all this is. So right now you just got to figure out how to beat this first cat. How do you get your plays from consistently getting hundreds of plays or your songs from getting hundreds of plays consistently to getting thousands of plays consistently to getting a fan base, you feel me? Well, now, once you have more than, you know, 5,000 people tapping into your music every single time you drop something, that's a fan base. Mm-hmm. You don't need millions of fans to be successful in hip-hop. Trust me, not even close, bro. There are plenty of artists with 30,000 followers on Instagram headlining their own tours, paying for their own tours, making all the money off their own tours, Maybe they get a little sponsorship or something, but bro, you don't need to be Drake mm-hmm. to be making money. You don't need to be mainstream. You don't need to be radio. 
because the world is so big mm-hmm. and it's not 2000 where songs are just on the radio anymore. You have to stream something on LimeWire or there's only 10 tracks that makes BET's top videos of the day or MTV's top videos of the week. No, there is YouTube number one for starters where you can see any and everything you want. So you don't need BET to build your fan base. You don't need the label to put your song out there. No, if you make a good track in this day and age, that shit can get reposted, retweeted a hundred thousand times. And now you're known. Mm-hmm. Now you are just as big as any other artist. You have two options after you're that big and get that many reposts. You can either one, make another hot track and keep all those people that came at first or B you can make a trash track and lose about 80% of, but it's that simple. So that's why I enjoy it, bro. It's a game. And it's just like beating any other game. Just like trying to get to the end and beat the master. And the master of hip-hop right now, we all know, is Jay-Z. Like, how do you get to Jay-Z status? It is levels to this shit. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, and look look how, like, not saying he's old, but look look how long he's been in the game. Exactly. You know? Like, exactly. it's time, time, time. And it's, it's just consistent work over time that's going to get you there. And that's what most people don't have. That's where everybody goes wrong right there, bro. It's like you you, you start it, right? And maybe the first year or two, it don't go like you want. And you quit, right? And, bro, it's so crazy. I was telling you about gas. We were just having a conversation the other night right before I left the studio. Mm-hmm. And we were talking and we were like, imagine if if you believe in that there's angels in heaven and there's people looking down upon us and things like that. We are talking, bro, and it's like, imagine, like, you going through everything you go through, right? And they know they can see your future, so to speak. So they know that, like, yeah, you know, he didn't been through everything for these last two years, and he right there. You know what I'm saying? You you had to make sure you got pass all these tests right here to make sure that you're ready for what you say you're ready for. They're not just going to give it to you out the mm-hmm. gate. You got to earn it. You feel me? Mm-hmm. That's where that time and consistency come in. That's you earning it, earning it, earning it, earning it. Every time somebody plays your track back, every time somebody taps in that, you earned their ear. Mm-hmm. You feel me? You have to earn their ear. Nobody is obligated to just listen to your garbage-ass music. You feel me? You got to earn an ear so that you earning it, earning it, earning it, earning it. Imagine earning it for two years. These angels up above looking at you and they like, yes, he right there. He right there. He right there. And then you quit Mm. and you were this close because you got tired of it. And that next track you was finna make was going to be that breakthrough track. Now imagine you dying, getting back to look at your life and you getting to see that you'd be sick to your stomach. That's why you just got to stay consistent. Mm Mm-hmm. And just keep going. That's why, like, whenever there's, like, cats that are, like, 40-something years old rapping, bro, and people be making fun of them, like, oh, give it up, go get a job. Get the fuck out of here with your get a job ass. Get your get a job ass. You go get a job. We don't want jobs around here. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Keep doing what you do, bro. Keep doing what you do. Because one day you might break through. And even if you don't break through, I think you'd probably rest a whole lot easier saying I fought my whole goddamn life. Then I listen to those bums over there talking about get a job and I got a job and live miserable like them for 40 years. Hell nah. Mm-mm. So my 45-year-old rapper cats, keep spinning your bars even if they trash, fam. Trash make it a lot these days, so shit. You never know. Right. You never know. Right. Just keeps consistent. Stay consistent. It's like you it's like you ask yourself, it's like what else would what do you like would you be doing? You know? Like what else? Uh and I, I think there's always avenues, bro. Um, I think there's always a what else. There's multiple options. I don't think that the uh that life, the the that life sort of like just only gives us one option, so to speak. So like, for example, if you want to be a basketball player, right, and you're in my shoes and you only go to be 
five, eight, five, nine, you know what I'm saying? 160 pounds, you're not big enough. Which, I mean, you could be, it's all about the size of the heart of the man, you know, but if you're not typical league size, six, three, six, four and above, you know what I mean? That doesn't necessarily mean you have to leave the game of basketball alone. You can coach, you can be a trainer, you can be an analyst, you can be a slew of things. You feel me? You don't have to completely live the life alone. If you know you want to be a rapper and maybe you you're not the best with writing words down, but you love the hip hop life. Maybe you can be a photographer for hip hop. You can be a videographer. You can be a manager. You can be an A and R. You can be a producer. There's a bunch of things. You don't necessarily have to be a rapper. But I think whenever you step out of your realm, your known calling, like I know since I was a youngster, I have been a musician. Whenever my mom took me to get piano lessons at nine years old, the first day I walked out, the piano teacher asked my mom, like, are you sure he's never played the piano before? Because I just, I had it. You, that's something that, so that's something I can never question, never go against. I know that like musically, if I wasn't rapping right now, do you know what I'd be doing? Getting my degree to be a band director. And I will do that. Like that when I'm done rapping, that's what I'm going to do. Be a band director. Like my forties and fifties, I will be a band director. And so even in my forties and fifties, it won't be like people yelling at me like, Oh, get a job, get a job. No, nah, I'm gonna still be a musician. I'm gonna still be playing my drums, playing a horn. If I pick up a saxophone or anything like that, playing keys, all of that. And being involved in the world of music, I would never just succumb to going to the call center and picking up the phone every day or going to the DMV, not to shit on none of y'all, but I know that's why y'all be mad over there because you don't want to do that shit. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to do that shit because I don't want to do that shit. Mm -hmm. You feel me? I will always at least make sure I get a job in something or in the realm of life that I love. So even if I stay in sports, I could be a high school basketball coach, college basketball coach. You could be a scout. You know what I'm saying? There, there's plenty of things to do to keep you involved in the game you love or the life you love, for sure. I like that. I like that. You got to open up your mind a little bit and stop being so close-minded. Right, right. Yeah. You know, everything ain't peaches and cream. Everything ain't meant to be, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But down mean you got to completely shut the life out or just completely give up on it. Um there's definitely other options for everybody in every single thing. Like, look in the hospital. There is a bajillion people that work in the hospital with a bajillion different job titles. So it's like, no, everybody not, might not be the anesthesiologist or the the doctor of 20 years, you feel me? But you could definitely be a nurse. You can be a nurse's assistant. And, and, and I'm not going to continue going in like I know all about the that world, so I ain't going to give no more titles. But... There's options if you just like that side. You like helping people. You like saving people. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If you want to live that kind of life, there's plenty of things to do. Everybody don't make it as a police officer. I don't feel everybody's fit to be a police officer. I think there's some kind of test we should be able to put for people to be a police officer. If you can't be a police officer, you can still help people. Mm -hmm. Go be a firefighter. You feel me? Like there's still, no, we ne don't necessarily want you with a weapon, sir. And But if you want to help people out, if, you're call if you feel like your calling is to help others in life, there's different ways. But other options. Uh, there was a, I watch a lot of shows about cops, bro. And I had seen that, that like there was this guy, um, something that happened. Oh, he, uh, when he was like 18, bro, he'd gotten accepted into the, uh, I want to say it was the police academy. Academy. And they went out to celebrate. And he, um, when he was leaving the bar, he hit and killed somebody. DUI. He hit and killed somebody. And, I don't remember how he got off, but I know he wasn't able to be a cop because of that. 
and he never moved out of the town. He never left. Uh, I think they're shooting or set in Chicago. He never left. And then a couple, like 20 years later, he applied to be a firefighter. Mm. And he got accepted as a firefighter. And it was people who were against it. They hated it. They didn't like it. But it was like, no, you can never be a police officer because you hit and killed somebody. But you still want to dedicate your life to people. Boom. Here's another option. You feel me? So I think everybody that always keep your options open. You feel me? Like whenever shorty start tripping, you feel me? That's why you, that's what that's where the side piece come from, bros. That's where the side piece come from, bros. That's why whenever you get go to Popeyes, they give you two sides, bro. So you get options. <laughs> <laughs> you get the chicken, you feel me? But you get options on the side. You feel me? Everybody need options. I like it. Jazzy Cade, where's that? Where did that name come from? Um, bro. When I was a kid out here, when I moved to Vegas, um, we used to always go up to the Durango Hills YMCA and play basketball. Everybody like, if you know Y fam, shout out to Y fam. Like, y, y fam, you know who you are. If you hear this, you, they already know what's up. It was a cat used to come up there, bro. His name was Johnny Lace. He's a photographer. And he's still, I have to show you his page. Johnny is still like, and we never really knew each other like that. He just used to be at the Y. But, bro, I'd seen that name. Uh, I followed him. On social media, but this was back back when I was in Louisiana, uh, like my junior or senior. No, bro, I'm tripping. This was like my freshman or sophomore year of college, and I saw his name Johnny Lace again, and it was like, damn, Jake, that is just the coolest shit ever to me. I didn't know why, but that those words just played together so well that I was like, damn, how can I get my name to sound like that? Like, how can I come up with a name to sound like that? And at the time, it was just for Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like, I was just trying to get a profile name. Like, a, I didn't want to be Chaz Traylor or Chaz Devon on Instagram. So, like, I was trying to figure out a social media handle. And, bro, it's like, I, like, I even went as far as to, like, looking up names that rhymed with lace. Mm. You feel me, bros? And <sighs> came up with Cade, ran with it ever since. Uh... And then once I started rapping, like, it was just something that kind of went hand in hand. Should be on my cup here, bros. Like, everybody just calls me that now, like, as a... But I guess that sort of happened with everybody, though. A lot of people sort of, sort of became their social media handle. Mm -hmm. um, that's when, you know, we kind of lost touch with the world type shit. And I ain't going to get into that right now, because that'd be we'd be here for hours. But... That's so true, we, though. Oh, hell yeah. So we lost touch with the world, you feel me? Everybody became their social media handle, no matter mm -hmm. what the fuck you do. Mm -hmm. You hear me? Like, at least where I'm from, that's how shit happened. So, uh, I think a little of that sort of happened. Um, I mean, just going with it, not really needing to change the name or do anything extra. There's no point in that. Um, and I liked it. Like, obviously, when I made it back then, I made it because I liked it. But I got it from Johnny Lace. Johnny, if you, you know, want to sue me, bros, I hope not. But I appreciate <laughs> you for your creativity and allowing me to bounce off that. It's so funny. It's like, oh, it's like, I don't remember his name, but I think his, I, I know his Instagram name. Right. <laughs> you feel me, bro? Like, people really, and I, I ain't even gonna start. I'm guilty too. I'm guilty too. His motherfuckers, I do not know by name, but. You know their handle. I know your handle. I know your at. You, so, <laughs> that's just how that go. That that's was true. just the, the, the world that we sort of started living in around 2012, 2013, and shit, it's only getting worse. So. Only getting worse. The world is becoming online, G. Oh, man. Virtual reality with everything, huh? Bro, and remember back in like 2000 when we just thought that was like some far out shit? Like, right. oh, virtual. 
dope. Like, nah, that is real. Dude, but, I, I remember the day where it was like, my iPod's going to be a phone all in one? <laughs> what? iPhone. What? It Gone. Is, it's just it's just a thing now. Gone, bro. You feel me? Like, now? Bro. Bro. If you lose this shit right here, you've lost you. <laughs> no bullshit. Yeah. Bro. If some if you lose this, the only thing that will save you is a passcode. That's it. If motherfuckers crack that passcode, they know what you look like off the rip. Going in your photos. They know where you be. Because if you go on your maps and you look in your maps and you about to go somewhere, like it'll take you home. You feel like yeah, that, that this shit is that crazy. Oh, Tra- yeah. Tracking you type shit. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, so it knows everything. Whenever you go to buy something online on your phone, you feel me? You got this iMac computer, so you're on the cloud, you dig know what I'm saying? Your mm-hmm. card information here. You probably got credit karma or something on this motherfucker. So your credit information here. You feel me? You got every single thing needed to know on your phone. Mm-hmm. So you lose your phone, you have lost yourself. And somebody can know you and become you with everything minus your face. And if they want to be that creepy, can duplicate your face. But online, they can become you. Shit, bro, people can become you online just by following you online. Mm-hmm. Straight up. That's why there's so many uh, there's so many fake accounts. Right, right, right. You, like you, fake celebrity you, accounts. You, you don't even know who's what real. That, I mean, that's why the the circle had to come out. Yeah, the, the check mark. Yep, yep, the certified check mark. Because okay. you just you just don't even know. I never even thought about that like mm-hmm. that. But that's probably exactly why they came with the certified check mark. Cause yeah, bro. Anybody, bro. It's do you realize it is like people who made like a handle with like J Cole's name in it. You feel me or like. A handle that's like J. Cole's real handle, uh, I think on Instagram is real cold world. Yeah. yeah and then on so. in, on Twitter it's like J. Cole NYC. But like, bro, do you know on like Instagram there's people who have like J. Cole's name in his handle or in their handle and they have like twenty some odd thousand followers, thirty some odd thousand followers. Seriously. I'm looking at it right now. There's like there's automatically five J. Cole profiles. <laughs> It's crazy. And some of them be having dumb amount of followers, bro. And it's like... And this one, Real Cold World is a fan... and But it, has, it says fan page on it. But it's crazy, you know? It's like people just want to... That's just somebody that made that. Like, yeah. it says fan page, but that has nothing to do with Dreamville. Like, that ain't nobody did Dreamville running that. Mm-hmm. You feel me? That's a real-life fan who just grabbing pictures off of their profiles, off of their websites, off of Google. You feel me? And posting that. Mm-hmm. Like... And you have a hundred and some thousand followers, 20, 30,000, 50, 60,000 followers just because you put J. Cole's name in your handle. It's crazy. Then think about that. You could change, you could do that, right? And if it were, it won't really work probably now because with the certified check mark. But back in the day, bro, you could have did that shit, right? Made you a crazy, got a crazy amount of following, deleted all that shit, call smash, and started running your business. Right off the bat. With a hundred thousand followers just because you lied and said you J. Cole for a little while. Like that's that, but that when I say life is a game, that's a move. Mm-hmm. You feel me? That's a move. And if you were woke enough at that time to execute a move like that, you own. Mm-hmm. You got the potential to have a hundred thousand clients because you lied to people online and told them you were J. Cole for a little while. And you know what's even crazier? When you delete all that shit, they wouldn't even know. They won't even they, know. They, they will would, never have a clue that you just pulled the wool over their eyes, hit them with a wooden nickel. They would never, ever, <laughs> ever know it. Never. You were just okie doped. Euro stepped. Ah, ah. Like, 
never know that's it, crazy, bro. Huh? That's a but that's so, a gameplay. It is a game. That's insane, man. This social media shit. That's a game for sure. I hate it. Has to, I, I hate, hate it. I fucking hate it. Hate it, bro. I hate it because I, I, I come home and I'm like I'm I'm scrolling. All of a sudden, it's like an hour, two hours. I'm like, what the fuck just happened, bro? That shit right there, you gotta really be like on time limit, your, bro. Yes, like set an alarm. Yes, like if you're seriously. about to get on social media, set an alarm. Like at twelve thirty, my phone gotta go off. Yep. And and if it's twelve, because I said that because it's twelve sixteen right now, twelve seventeen. That means like, boy, it's time to be off this shit. You feel me? Because you'll get lost scrolling, and it's like you're not even looking at anything. You feel me, bro? That social media shit, and even like when you're trying to run a business, like that's where the whole entrepreneur thing came from. Because now you don't have to be out touching people. You don't have to be out handing business cards, even though I think that is something that's still um, very important. I, I think it's Personal important. relationships. For sure. Um, that's something actually I'm, I'm going to tell you about later too. I got a good idea with that as a, a rap artist. That's what I'm talking about being business. Like I'm going to be a rap artist with business cards. You have to. You feel Why not? me? Like, and bro, like there's Why like not? things on cards now where like you can, there's a barcode on a card, you feel me, on the card and you just take a picture of the barcode mm -hmm. and it'll bring you right to my website. I used to do that when I was a DJ. Yes. I had, I had DJ cards. Genius. Here's, here's my DJ. Uh, here's my DJ card and it took them straight to SoundCloud where mm -hmm. I had all my mixes. Genius. That, bro, you, you have to. And and you make that personal relationship with somebody. Hey, how's it going? My name is DJ Cashflow. Here it is. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, check me out. Mm -hmm. You can do the same thing. Other gameplay. Other gameplay, bro. Gotta be aware. Gotta be. Gotta be aware and play the game. And why aren't you DJ? <laughs> Dude, I used to be DJ. D D, D, D J Cash Flow. Yeah, bro. In the mix. Yeah, drop a little cash flow in the mix, bro. So when you bored, you feel me? <laughs> Spin your little ones and twos. I know you be out there That's pumping funny. that iron, and I feel that. But like that, bro. Like, I want to get involved in that, but mm -hmm. I've never like. Like, that's heavy, heavy hip-hop. You feel mm -hmm. me? Like, that's really being a hip-hop head from, like, back in the 80s when they walked around with the boombox on their shit. You feel me? And, like, DJs cutting turntables was like, oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? They cut the music off. And somebody... That solo, that's going crazy in the club. Mm -hmm. That's going crazy at the house parties. But I never, like, I don't know. I just missed that. Like, and I watch it now, and I'm very interested. Like, so it's like now I'm making up for everything I didn't do like everybody else mm -hmm. for, you know, the last 20 years or so. Because most people I know, bro, they be talking about videos that's been out, songs been out for forever. And I'll be like, what? But anyway, now that I'm catching up with all that, bro, hip-hop is extremely interesting. That DJing shit is really, really interesting. And that's something that, like, I know I'm going to get involved with. Cause like I said, things musically have always come easy to me. I've just never really been around DJs and shit like that yet. This year, like I said, a lot of things will change. That means there will become, or there will be a lot of live performances coming. Live performances means nice. meeting people, meeting DJs. And but when I meet it, like when I meet people, people usually like really, really fuck with me in a sense. And so mm -hmm. like we build personal relationships to where like. I know, like, I'll meet a DJ and, like, I'll just be chopping it with him and me and bros will teach me something, you feel me, like. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what uh, do you have any any up-and-coming live performances that, that you want to share or, like, that you're looking at or anything like that? Right now, no. I have, uh, so basically with just getting the ball rolling right now and figuring out the, uh, the steps I, that I got, we want to. I got to link you up with, um. this is called Guy, I don't know if you, I, I don't think you, I don't know if you know him, he's called, he's uh, Indica. Indica, there's a, it's like an artist out here, mm -hmm. Stephen, Stephen Klein. I used to, 
um, we used to be, um, we used to go to high school together mm-hmm. and he's a hip hop artist now. Um, but he does live shows like all the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should link you guys up. Yeah, for sure. I, that's actually what I've just been doing, bro. Is just allowing like people's relationships to, or the relationships I build to just gain knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so right now that's basically where we're at. Um, also when I said making music upon deaf ears, I want to make the live performances I do, um, effective and when I say that I mean like I want to make sure that like I'm opening up for the right artists mm. and when I say the right artists I mean the artists that our lanes go together mm-hmm. so of course for people who don't know me or haven't heard my music if you heard my music or you haven't one of the most common artists I get compared to is J. Cole mm-hmm. so when people ask me like where do you want to rap at in the future Dreamville easily because J. Cole is the reason I started making music Nice. Rap music, you know what I'm saying? Because he was actually making rap music with a message. So that just kind of reeled me in. And so with that, like, I wouldn't open up for, like, Gunna or Lil Baby. Not to say that I wouldn't, but I know that that crowd is not necessarily coming to see my style of music. It's like an extreme. Like, you won't open up for, like, a country artist. Like, right, like you, exactly. You, you know, you have to know your lane, and you have to know who, who what people are going to be at that show. Right, right, so. exactly. To where when they, they'll actually listen, because they came to listen, and, and, and listen if it's good. Listen if it's good. I ask nobody listen to no trash. If it's trash, let me know. But listen if it's good. And that's what, that's what I'm earning an ear. You feel what I'm saying? And if you go to a show, like, say I open up for an artist like J.I.D., who's an artist that's on Dreamville's team. You know what I'm saying? He's not J. Cole, has a nice following though. I managed to get on a tour with J.I.D., open up for him. Those will be fans that are, they'll be appreciative of the music they're hearing because it's their style of music. It's what they came to listen to. So with that, that's what we've been sort of um, educating ourselves on, me personally, and then Taj, who helps me out a lot, and Sion does a lot of uh, research, stuff like that. So we've been learning that. We've been also uh, trying to just see how the music scene works out here in Vegas. Um, just trying to see like where uh, a lot of local shows go down at. Um, I've heard that, bro, there's, which is crazy to me that it's not like a, a thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because there's so many artists that are here. You feel me? Like I always hear of different artists like, you know, hey, you know such and such, or hey, do you know such and such? My guy, such and such does this, and it's like, well, if there's so many artists here, why don't y'all like cult together? You feel what I'm saying? And like, I got a connection with Indica. That's like, that's like their main thing is is they're trying to get like a a legit ass like like hip hop community together. Exactly. I don't feel that there's that here all the way. There's people who love it, obviously, but there's not really a large support for the local hip hop artists here. And um, that's crazy to me because there's so many artists here and so many good artists. Like, bro, I've been hearing cats like left and right that it'd be like, oh, damn, your music is actually good. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Like, this is like some, because like I said, I understand that people don't want to even take the time out to listen because there's so much, so we're going to only listen to what we know, which is what's hot, which is what's being pushed at us. But I think, in the least, if your local artists are making music, you can at least give them the time to listen to their music. Now, if it ain't your style, if you don't like it, bet, boom. But why not support people from the same place you're from? 
That's the only reason people in Chicago get on is because there's a scene there. That's the only reason people in Atlanta get on is because there's a scene there. They, they are supported by the community. The connections are easy to make because they're not holding the connections down. Mm-hmm. Not many artists from Atlanta right now. Do you know how many artists are from Atlanta right now? That shit is absolutely stupid. Everybody is from Atlanta. Dreamville just recorded they goddamn ret- the, the Revengers out there in Atlanta because everybody pulling up in Atlanta. And it's because they have a community there. They're not stingy with the connections. Mm-hmm. they supporting each other. You feel me? Like when Lil Baby started getting on, it wasn't like Future started hating on him or, you know, Black started hating on him. These are all artists from the same place. Nah, what did they do? They started coding together, making music. Make, why not? You got these a million people listening to your records over here, but we don't make the same genre of music. And even if we do, there's for sure some people that listen to your music that have not heard of me before, no matter who you are, unless you are Drake. Mm-hmm. So why not band together and intertwine those fan bases? You feel me? And I just feel like if people here did that, because Vegas is not a small place, mm-hmm. there is plenty, plenty, plenty of connections here. You feel them? Four hours from LA, the entertainment capital of Hollywood, the entertainment capital of the world. So like, I know there are plenty of people here with family in L.A., connections in L.A., connections in Hollywood. But if you would, without there being a scene here, everybody doesn't really get exposed to those connections. You know what I'm saying? It's it's really crazy to think that, like, Vegas, a city of entertainment, doesn't really have any big-name artists like that, bro. Mm. Like, there's artists, there's Neo, right, that a lot of people don't even know is from Vegas, Right there's Dizzy Wright, who's more of a, a, a underground artist, but Dizzy Wright has a nice following. Then there's other artists who you know aren't necessarily on those levels that I know of, that I know of, uh, but have nice followings. But after that, it's like okay, what is there? Mm-hmm. Which is crazy when if I sit here right now, bro, without even thinking about it, I can name you ten artists from New York, Atlanta, Chicago, L.A. These big cities, Houston. You know what I'm saying? Like even in Houston, bro. In Houston, there is like people like Paul Wall and Slim Thug who don't, they still make music. But they're not trying to be heard everywhere because there is enough support from the 6 million or whatever the count is amount of people in in Houston, Texas and the surrounding areas that support them. So I don't need to be mainstream when I still have three, four hundred thousand people listening to my record in one region. Mm-hmm. We just in the South. But that's because they're supported there. You feel what I'm saying? And if people supported each other here, I think the scene here would be bigger where you would see a lot of underground hip-hop shows. You would see a lot of artists that you don't know and got to know. You feel what I'm saying? Um, I think it's out there for you. It is. I want to connect with a lot of people here, man. I really do. Because... uh, even as as much as like I'm eager to do shows and open up for artists and things like that, um, my biggest concern is making good music, getting it heard by people, and then connecting with other people who who are doing the same thing. And I think when when people here start to support and understand the motto everybody eats be 
the scene here will go crazy. It will go crazy because there's so many styles of artists here, bro. Mm -hmm. There's this dude that I got introduced to, to uh, over at an institution, a little uh, clothing shop one of my guys works at. Uh, his name's Rap, T-Rap. This boy spits. You feel me? It's like, y'all don't know him around here? Bro, my little cousin Dylan, when I say makes music, writes by the pen, the little cat, his homie Trey who produces for him. Bro, these cats make mainstream records, bro. I had a song on a video for Institution, and there was a bunch of local artists that were also on this video. Uh, it was like a little promotion video for Institution, and there was a dude at the end, and I can't pronounce his name. It's like A-Z-V-I-H or something like that. I can't remember his name, bro. But the song he had on there at the end, it's like, oh, bro, y'all asleep. Like, this is one of the hottest songs of the year, period. I don't care what status he got, how many followers he got, who heard it, who hasn't heard it. And that's what I'm talking about. Just because a million people didn't hear your song didn't mean you didn't make a hot track. Mm -hmm. And this boy really made a song that was like, oh, my, bro. As soon as the video, it was like, and it, it played out so perfect. Sion actually shot the video. And as the, the video ended and that song came on, it was just like, oh, my God. Like, it was like a perfect movie ending type of shit. You feel me? And I just feel like when everybody starts supporting each other, when the, when the community starts culting together and everybody start intertwining their fan bases, intertwining connections, intertwining their artistry, the scene here going to go crazy. Mm -hmm. But that's going to have to happen first. It's not going to happen with everybody trying to be the guy. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, I say all of that. I'm not from here, so I don't care what y'all do here, to be honest with you. But I got a song, Dedication to Karen Crow, that it's the only place I give a fuck if my shit getting bumped. Because I don't give a fuck about none of this other shit. I make music, when I when I said earlier about making music for people who needed to hear it, I make music for them. And anybody else who can relate, because I know there's a lot of other people that can relate, mm -hmm. then cool. But as long as they're listening and they can relate and I'm making differences in <clears throat> their lives out there, young cats' lives out there, if I can build myself up Big enough to where when I go back to my high school, when I go back to the middle school and I open my mouth to say something to the kids, they respect me enough to hear it. And I'm not going to ever say anything to lead them astray. So that's my sole purpose for rapping. I know kids respect rap artists. They respect rap artists and athletes, at least black kids. And that's where I'm trying to attack. That's the community I'm trying to change right there. And I know that one man can't change the world but I could change my community for sure. Mm -hmm. So I like that in my community. Um, I believe I would do all the things that I just talked about should be done here. And I live in a very, 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 very small community. The talent where I'm from is nowhere near the talent that is here. And that's just what it is. You know, that's just the facts. Mm -hmm. As far as on this side with the artistry and stuff like that, where I'm from, we produce athletes. That's what I'm saying, real life. But I want those athletes to know that like, bro, if you do what you're supposed to do, you can change the lives of your family. The, 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 the circumstances that you're trying to change, if you just do everything by the book, if you, like I said, if I, if I can tell a 13-year-old a, a about writing out a plan every day and executing on your plan and never going astray from it, if I can give him the mentality that I have at 25, at 13, he'll be far ahead by the time he's 18. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? So that's what I strive to do. Bro, in the freestyle I just released, what's today, Sunday, two days ago, 
uh, 21 Savage a lot freestyle. Bro, one of the last lines I said in there is, I know a couple of cats supposed to be league, but they make grades for it. Like, I really know cats that are like, Louisiana is a place where we have the, the, the most football players in the world per capita come from Louisiana, right? And if I start naming down the list, it'll be crazy. But we'll start with Peyton Manning and Odell Beckham Jr. off the rip, and we'll leave it there. You feel me? And that, that I'm not trying to disrespect nobody, but we don't have time to list all you superstars. But shout out to all of y'all. I know cats, bro, that went to high school where I went to high school at that will shit on all of these men. You feel me? Like, will, ha, ha, excuse me, boom, get out the way. But your grades wasn't right. And you missed the opportunity of a lifetime. You feel me? Or you decided to go ride with the homies. And I get it. I ain't telling you to leave the, because I, I, I understand what being loyal and family, all that means. I ain't telling you not to ride with the homies, but tell the homies, be loyal to you. You feel me? Like, my nigga, no, we not going out here and hit this lick. Why? Because I'm the fucking lick. If y'all loyal to me, the athlete, I'm going to get us where we got to go. We don't got to go hit this lick. Right now, we just got to take our lick and eat whatever crumbs we got to eat right now. But if I don't go out here and end up in this drive-by or end up getting arrested and losing all my scholarships, I'm going to get us to the league. You feel me? Just be cool. I just need a couple of cats to think like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Don't force yourself to be loyal to the family. Force the family to be loyal to you. Because what y'all doing is a forever, is a cycle, mm-hmm. a never-ending cycle. Excuse me. Let me be a little change. And I know a lot of cats, bro, a lot of cats back home that could have changed their family's lives. And I know a lot of cats back home that have all the potential in the world to still change their family's lives. And I just want to see everybody from the crow eat, you feel me? If everybody from the crow eating, whatever else everybody else do out in the world, that's totally on y'all. Mm-hmm. You feel me? But if, you know, lady that sold me my gummies at Karen's, you know, every single day after school, or, you know, the shorty that I went to high school with, you feel me? If I can play a, a impact in her son's life, you know what I'm saying? Or a teacher that used to try to shit on me in high school is now asking me to come back and talk to my high school because you respect me now. Because all I did was what I said I would do. And to me, that's 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 life, bro. Mm-hmm. That's life. Like, I don't make music to be like, I know it comes with the territory, but like I don't make music to be famous. Um, music artists really don't get crazy money like that. That's why you have to be business oriented. It's all about what you do with the bag you do get. You mm-hmm. feel me? If you go out and get a bag, yeah, you might get a little bag here, but if you go blow it on some shit, then you broke in essence. Um, or you broke with nice shit. You feel me? You might own a Lamborghini, but you know you probably don't have car insurance because you broke. Mm-hmm. But um, it ain't all about the, the the money, the glitz, the glamour, all that shit, bro. That that, and I think a lot of people are getting to that point in life. Like everybody understand that that shit is played. We didn't watch people try that method and fall flat on their faces. And I think now the 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 method of being more secure on the business end more understanding on the business end, more proactive on the business end, um, is more uh, in effect for artists now. So uh, 
that's what I do it for, bro. I do it just to build that voice that when people around the world, but more so like the community that I'm from hears it, it's like, oh, that's Chad speaking, and he probably saying something that's worth hearing. I ain't saying I'm trying to be Martin Luther King, but you know what I'm saying? If I'm saying something and somebody can be positively affected by it, then I feel like at the end of the day, that that's more than any dollar, you feel me, could, could really, because you can't take that dollar with you. You know what I'm saying? That don't really spell cat. You know what I'm saying? It, it buy you some nice shit, and that's dandy. Mm-hmm. But shit, nigga, thrift shop. If you got swag, you don't need a hundred dollar mm-hmm. shirt to look. You know, no, I'm chilling. I right think now. I think you're doing it for the right reasons, man. And I think the if you keep doing it for those reasons, then you're gonna be successful. You know, and if you put uh, if you put people and if you put uh, influencing people in front of in front of money, I think I think that's gonna be better for your success and for everyone's success. Honestly, um, if you're doing it for a bigger reason, you know. Because money, money will come no matter what. You know that money will come if, right. if you're doing the right thing. If you're doing the right stuff, money will come. Um, but making making the bigger goal um, the reason, you know, it's gonna get you farther than anything, right? Right, bro. Money. I mean, you want money? Go hustle. Go cut some goddamn grass. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like you can get money in a multitude of ways. So don't ever say like what you're doing is for money. Like mm-hmm. maybe yeah, you know. Uh, if you're trying to play basketball, obviously, we give athletes crazy amounts of money. So, they obviously going to be looking for a crazy amount of money. And I get that. You know, you want the whole bag. You're trying to feed the family, the team, everybody. I get that. But, bro, if you're trying to get money, you can get money in a multitude of ways. Mm-hmm. If you're doing something that you love, do it because you're trying to positively impact other people. Mm-hmm. Like, when a basketball player touches the floor, bro, and I know I can't speak for, for their behalf, but it should be all about putting on a good game for the people that gave a fuck enough to pay however much they paid to come out here and watch your ass. Exactly. For whoever gave a fuck enough to sit down for two and a half hours to watch your ass. You feel me? Because we don't get, the, the, the viewers don't get no lick of that check you get. Mm-hmm. We know all about it. We get to look at the lavish lifestyle. But nobody actually gets a piece of that check. We give a fuck enough about you to give our lifetime to watch you at your craft because you're that we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. You're that good. Yes, we give you that. You're that good. You are the best. We like to watch the best. Everybody want to watch Steph Curry. Why? Because every three he throw up, you think it's going in. But as as a professional in whatever it is you do, even if it's a lawyer, you feel me? Be appreciative of the people who give a fuck about what you do. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And and be willing to reciprocate that energy in some kind of way. I ain't never telling an athlete to go out and give your hard-earned dollar. If these owners want to pay you $40 million a year to hoop, I think it's absolutely absurd when we got who knows how many homeless people, hungry people all across the world. But shit, who the hell am I to tell somebody else to do their money? So if you getting paid this for I ain't never going in another man's pockets telling you what to do with your cheese because I'll be damned if somebody come in my pockets telling me what to do with my cheese. But reciprocate the energy. You know what I'm saying, bro? When these athletes pull up at these schools, pull up at these little dinner drives, these little uh, athletic drives that they be putting on to get out the house to play for 60-minute little joints, y'all make these kids' lives, bro. Lives. And it's shown, bro. There's plenty of athletes, especially now in the world, that go back. Bro, Jason Tatum got drafted last year. He has a picture from when he's like 12 years old. He got a picture with LeBron. He still had that picture. It meant that much to him. Mm-hmm. To a last year, we ain't 
dunked on LeBron. He looked at his ass, bodied him up. It was like, what up? Because you mean that much to me. It's like, damn, I just dunked it. Bro, Jason Tatum is not that kind of player. Like, he is like Kawhi Leonard and get his buckets, go the other way. Like, I'm not saying he don't celebrate, but like, he dunked on LeBron. He, what up? You feel me? Body LeBron. Put his chest on LeBron's shoulder after he dunked that. Flex on him a little bit because you're my idol. Like, I look up to you type mm -hmm. shit. You feel me? So right now, I'm not, I didn't think he was displaying any disrespectful energy. It was just like, damn, I can't believe I just did that shit. Mm -hmm. You feel me? And so, like, if you, they, they go back, bro, you make these little kids' lives, G. Some of these little kids who were really lost, you feel me, that got to see you, touch you, realize you were real. Like, you're not just a character on TV, but you a real human being. It's like, oh, shit. I really can be him mm -hmm. or like him. You feel me? I really can be this impactful of a person. All right, that's what I got to do. Like, you study people, bro. I'm a rap artist. You know who somebody I study? Kobe Bryant. I think everybody should study Kobe Bryant. Mamba mentality? Oh, man, that's a real thing. That's a real thing, bro. And if you study Kobe and understand how obsessive he was for the game of basketball. If you become as obsessive for whatever it is you do as that, success is going to be there. And if you reciprocate the right type of energy with that success, you're living a perfect life. Damn near. Damn near. It's like, bro, I can't. I can't figure out how to do it no easier than that. Mm -hmm. Just like doing what you love. Doing it properly. Why wouldn't you want to obsess over something you love, right? If you love your, your your significant other, you obsess over them. You love your kids, you obsess over them. Obsess over what you love. Get paid from doing what you love. And then being able to change people's lives from doing what you love. It's like, goddamn. There you go. The, equa else? the equation of success right there. What, you, what else you asking for? I like that. What else you asking for? You feel me? That's why I said, bro, that temptation. I said, bro, that's when you start doing extra shit, and that's when you start, you know, zoop, zoop, path right here, zoop. You feel me? And then all that extra shit is fine and dandy, and I ain't, I ain't even telling you don't dabble in it once or twice. But what I'm telling you is don't never lose sight of, like, the real. The, yeah, bro, mm -hmm. the overall equation. And if you do that, man, I think when you lay down the rest, you know, whatever happens after we pass on, um, I think you'll be when they say rest in peace you'll actually be at peace mm -hmm. if you were the 45 year old rapper that listened to the go get a job motherfuckers you rest in angry mm -hmm. you feel me and your family might not want to hear that they might not want to say that but you rest in angry you know how I know you rest in angry cause you lived angry you ain't gonna die angry and rest in peace that ain't how that work mm -hmm. I go to sleep with a headache I wake up with that bitch you feel me? So if I wake up sick, probably went to sleep sick. And I may have not felt sick at the time, but the mucuses the, the, were already attacking my body. You mm -hmm. feel me? So I was already sick when I went to bed. I just didn't feel it yet. When I woke up sick, yeah, that's how that worked. So you lived angry. You lived miserable. You lived unenergetic. You lived unenthused. And that's how you died. The fuck? Mm -hmm. Ain't no difference. If you go to sleep mad as a fucking tamale, nigga, you still mad when you went to sleep. You just sleep now. You feel me? So you died mad. Then you probably rested mad. Simple. 
Let's wrap this up, man. We are at an hour and twenty. You believe that? Uh, yeah. That's crazy. Um, simply because, bro, I can talk. I like it. I can talk. I like it. Well, let's uh, let's uh, let's give people the 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 right handle, man. Where where, where can be uh, where can people find you? Uh, everywhere, bro. Instagram and Twitter. Um, being the most uh active social media wise. Um, SoundCloud, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, all streaming platforms. Everything is Chazzy Cade. You don't got no eight different handles. You don't got typing Chazzy Cade. C H A Z Z Y K A I D D. Call now. <laughs> there you go, guys. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening. If you guys listen to the whole thing, an hour and 20 minutes, I really, really appreciate your time, guys. Stay tuned for the next episode. Uh, really appreciate you guys. Peace. Dribble it like Friary, make you want a wifey, or maybe hit it nightly. Maybe girl so cold, I sip it like a icy. If the truth be told, that pussy very pricey. She be on her job, working like a nine five. Throw that at my way, and I hit it like a line drive. She got that, come back around like karma. Got my nice women in the pool with no armor. Caught her with a drink in my hand, I'm a charmer. Couldn't fight it when her instincts try to warn her. She wanna ride, and she know I'm gassed up. She one of a kind, not the type I pass up her. Bubble in her thighs, got a snicker look Tap her curves, make a blind nigga take a second look Feel a major pain, cause I won't see an amnesia Shit, if I had a shorty, what? Now nah, I got amnesia Cause mommy's so bad, I love when she throwin' that ass And movin' them hips in rotation She clap that thing like a standing ovation She tooted up with her hands on the pavement She tossing back like we runnin' the sweep Shit, I'm guessing I'm her Cause you are what you need of my life She the one part I want on repeat Life, she the one part I want on repeat Mommy's so bad, I love when she throwin' that ass and movin' them hips in rotation. She clap that thing like a standing ovation. She tweeted up with her hands on the pavement. She talkin' back like we runnin' the sweep. Shit, I'm guessing I'm her, cause you are what you need of my life. She the one part I want on repeat. She the one part I want on repeat. I ain't saying that we connectin', baby. It's been getting me and home to the next one lately. But you know how to move and bring a pill to the mood. And you playin' the game like you ain't got nothing to lose. That dress, like you try and get with it, baby. I'm just trying to poke. I'm man enough to admit it. Shit, if we both grow, who in the fuck are we kidding? You ain't gotta play games if you try and give up the kidding. You should see that pain when it's sitting on my basin. Alkaline water, just how that pussy tasting. Malibu beaches, how that kitty swimming. Yeah, I'm very picky about the waters that I swim in. Make that ass dribble, she make that ass bounce. And she ride it like a wave and she blow it like an ounce of that sit you down. Had to let her know I'm with you now. Ain't no Uber coming, get you now. Why? Cause mommy's so bad, I love when she throwin' that ass and movin' them hips in rotation. She clap that thing like a standing ovation. She tooted up with her hands on the pavement. She tossin' back like we runnin' the sweep. Shit, I'm guessing I'm her, cause you are what you eat of my life. She the one part I want on repeat. Thanks, she the one part I want on repeat. Mommy's so bad, I love when she throwin' that ass and movin' them hips in rotation. She clap that thing like a standing ovation. She tooted up with her hands on the pavement. She the one part I want on repeat. She the one part I want on repeat.